Hello, welcome to episode 18 of the Karma Sense Food Cast. I'm Davey H., and this is the answer to episode 2, the meat episode. This is the vegan episode. I don't know how we're going to bring this crowd back up after your depressing moans, but we're going to try. In this episode, we meet Remy Rory. Remy's a personal trainer and he walks the talk. He's ripped. He's swole. He's jacked. I wouldn't pick a fight with him. Then again, Gilligan kind of intimidates me, so maybe that's not saying much. Regardless, Remy defies the gym rat stereotype. How? He's a vegan. Bro Science says, you got to eat one to two grams of protein per pound of body weight to get swole. You're going to do that with one and a half pounds of meat throughout the day? Or two gallons of quino, quinoa, whatever? Remy tells us his secret, and it's something anyone can do. Then Remy and I hearken back to episode two's rant about Pizzeria Uno's whole hog burger, a frankenfood monstrosity consisting of one and a half pounds worth of beef and pork. It was a winner of the Center for Science and the Public Interest's Extreme Eating Awards. Remy and I respond with a burger of our own. Using all plant-based, faux-meat products, we see if we can build something that's equally outrageous, but more respectful to animals and to ourselves. This is not an episode designed to influence meat-eaters to go cold turkey. If you come out of the other end at peace with the quality, quantity, and humanity of the meat you eat, the Foodcast mission is accomplished. But first... A rant. To be a vegan or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to allow animals to suffer the pain and indignity of factory farming, or to take arms against a disappearing species, and by opposing, preserve them. They die, yet they live. Don't worry, Kenneth Branagh. Your position as the modern-day Shakespearean actor of choice is secure. Less secure is a karma-sense dude's conviction about eating meat. I'm jealous of my vegan friends who exploit no animal products, and even my vegetarian friends who move the bar to a different location by eating animal milk products and or eggs. They're driven by some priority that allows them to eschew animals as food and chew plants instead. I don't yet share that priority. I eat meat and other animal products, not so much because I love the taste of meat. I do it because of perceived nutrition benefits and convenience. My nutrition research, because someone has to research this stuff, says protein is critical to my health. I need it not only to preserve my health, but to thrive. I'm an old dude. The prevailing research says older adults have greater protein needs than when they're younger. We need it to preserve muscle mass and organ function. And the fats that generally accompany animal protein also preserve the nervous system, including that all-important brain that distinguishes us from the rest of the animal kingdom. But you can get protein in those fats from plants. They're just not as efficient and convenient. You need to eat a lot more in volume, not necessarily in calories, but in volume, to get the same benefit. And if you want to follow the minimally processed food guidelines that I believe are central to any view of health and even sustainability, they're a lot harder to cook and prepare. 
And that's my rationalization for why I haven't permanently adopted the lifestyle. I say permanently because I have been vegetarian during periods of my young adulthood. But before giving up on it completely and forever, I should understand why people adopt a plant-based diet to begin with. There are four main reasons that I can think of why people adopt a plant-based diet. They do it for some combination of not liking the taste of animal products, because plants are better for the planet, that is sustainability, because it's more humane, or for health reasons. Let's look at taste first. Not liking the taste of animal-based food is a no-brainer. The great thing about being omnivores is we don't need to eat a specific diet. When we were hunters and gatherers, some societies depended a lot more on hunting because plants don't grow too well above the Arctic Circle, and some depended a lot more, and even solely, on plants. I said earlier that I don't love the taste of meat, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. Vegetables are clearly my favorite part of any meal, but throw in some seafood or chicken or bacon, Ooh, bacon. and it really ties the dish together. What about sustainability? The sound bite we hear is that animal agriculture contributes more greenhouse gas to the environment than transportation exhaust. You can't dodge your Netflix feed without getting endless recommendations for food documentaries that make this point. At least I can. It's kind of creepy that as soon as I took on this nutrition nerd career, Netflix decided that I was less interested in 20th century superhero cartoons and more interested in food documentaries. But anyway, I have a problem with this sustainability view, because it doesn't look at what would happen if we just stopped farming animals. The pooping and farting that extends the animal's carbon footprint wouldn't go away. Do cows have sufficient natural enemies that would control their population? Deer do, yet due to overpopulation, they cause 200 human deaths a year in car accidents. What happens if a car hits an animal that weighs at least four times of what a deer weighs? What about pigs? Feral pigs and wild boar are destructive pests that compete for the same plants that we want to eat, and they're smart enough and mean enough to be damn good at it. Then there are chickens. Don't get me started on chickens. They're assholes on farms. What happens when they're given run of our roost? Economic modeling of the effects of a total end to meat eating hasn't been done in depth. One study that came out in 2015 actually demonstrated that diets that include dairy are superior to vegan diets when it comes to food security, land use, and species preservation. Vegan diets didn't even come in second. Diets that included small amounts of meat and avoided the processed food horror show that's the North American diet outperformed those that include no animal products. Do I believe this study? It's irrelevant. It casts doubt on a point that I've only seen in media that's meant to pluck my heartstrings while ignoring my cold-calculated, table-adoring brain. When I do give that brain control, it appears the world needs animal husbandry for our species to survive. Maybe not as much as we currently do, but it has a role. What about veganism being more humane? There's a special place in hell for the people responsible for the industrial factory farm system. A system that tortures animals and workers alike. But oh, by the way, if you're only eating plants, there's no guarantee it wasn't picked and processed by people working under inhumane conditions for low or no pay. In fact, that goes on quite a bit. The one way to be sure your food is a humanely raised plant or animal is to know the source. Really know the source. Meaning, the farm by name, seeing pictures, or having one of the certifications that satisfies your concern. 
and sometimes the best way to preserve a species is to create a demand for it. Another of the evils of factory farming is that it breeds away plant and animal diversity. Meanwhile, the human population encroachment on natural habitats drives these species to extinction. Is that humane? There's a burgeoning market in farming heritage breeds of all sorts of livestock to preserve the entire species. Those good farmers don't have the economic incentive to raise these breeds unless there's a market for them. That market could be pets or food. Don't get me wrong, I would love a Tennessee feigning goat as a pet, but I'm probably in the minority. Meanwhile, anyone who's eaten a well-prepared, braised goat will want to make sure they can do so again. And then there's invasive species. They do incredible environmental damage. Granted, the snakehead and lionfish, the deer and wild boar were introduced to places with no natural enemies by people, so we get what we deserve. But we have to fix the problem, and the best way is to reduce their numbers. Then what? Throw them out? Bury them? And I hate to bring up the insect thing again, and Remy, my guest, and I get into some of that, but what do you do when your house is infested with bugs? Humane traps? Ha! Catch and release? Good luck with that. I bet you don't do what Remy says he'd do. So, is eating insects then humane? Where do you draw the line on living creatures? Your food has bacteria in it. These are one-celled living creatures. What about bivalves, like oysters, clams, mussels, and scallops? They have no central nervous system. They don't feel pain. Are they okay? Where do you draw the line? As my cousin used to say, she'd only eat things without faces. She knew where her line was. I know animals suffer for our hedonic pleasure, but to me it seems they'd suffer in different ways if that pleasure wasn't there. I'm not making a judgment call on which is better. It's just there. And the vegan high road isn't as clear-cut as it seems. So that leaves me with health. And there's a never-ending set of research any side of this debate can cherry-pick to support one view over the other. All you can do is look at your specific circumstance and values and decide on your own. Everything I just said covers my values. I believe the world needs some of us to eat some meat. I really wish it wasn't me, but for now it is. The biggest thing that'll change my mind is a demonstration that I can be a robust old fart who doesn't need to eat animals to meet my nutrition requirements. My guest Remy Rory is a robust young fart. He's a walking, breathing testament that animals aren't necessary for vigor. Let's find out. I'm here today with Remy Rory. Yes, sir. He's here to talk to us about his transition to a vegan lifestyle. Remy has a, a background as a personal trainer, and he'll provide us with the rest of his background, too, for most of the gym bros, uh, being a personal trainer who is also a vegan is a bit unusual, and that's what we're going to explore in this podcast. Definitely. So thanks for being here, Remy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. Do you mind providing such a, some background sure, information on it? Sure, no problem. I've um, been a personal trainer for over 10 years. Um, kind of started out in the military. Just kind of fell in love with fitness from there. And doing fitness kind of led me into nutrition. Just going from there... It obviously led me to the vegan lifestyle, so it was just kind of a step-by-step process, but um, it's great, great, great situation. All right, so how long have you been a personal trainer? Ten years. 
And as far as your own personal fit fitness, what are some of the achievements that you're proudest of? Oh man, getting uh, involved with Strong First um, SFG, that's a kettlebell certification, really opened my eyes to proper movement patterns. That's something I'm super ecstatic about. Actually just becoming the squadron fitness rep for my squadron in the military was uh, very difficult and something that I'm, I'm very proud of. So uh, those two things are, are real huge. I think anyone that wants to get involved in training itself should uh, definitely look at SFG or RKC. You know, and, okay. and kettlebells are certainly uh, a hot fitness development. Yes, yes. It's uh, catching fire right now, so that's good. I think that's okay. great. Well, it's it's been around for a while, and mm-hmm. it's it's got staying power. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. So how did you actually get into the health and fitness world? Um, I actually got sent to Saudi Arabia for three months. I had never been out the country. It was like a total culture shock. And uh, I remember, a funny story, I remember going to the, the Burger King. And when I walked in, I looked at a burger and I was like, this doesn't look like any burger that I've ever seen. That kind of just made me say, you know what, while I'm here, I don't think I'm going to eat any meat. And I did that. And, you know, I kind of started working out. There was a nice gym there and I felt really good. So when I came back, I just decided to keep it up. I had did that for five years. And then for whatever reason, I just decided to start eating meat again. And um, that was, that was you know, a learning process in itself, which led me back to becoming vegan. I was like, you know, this doesn't feel good. I feel sluggish. It's not conducive for me. Mm-hmm. So just let me back into, you know. So back in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. you didn't just give up meat. You gave up all animal. All product. animal, yeah, because I was unsure of, you know, who was looking at the animals and who, who, who was checking to make sure that these things were safe for us to eat. I guess that could be argued still, even in America, but I really was culture shocked a little bit over there. So it just kind of made me back away until I could, you know, figure out what it is that I wanted to do. How easy was that for the military to support a vegan lifestyle? Uh, it actually is pretty easy. Um, the military over there, they provide food of all different types. So it's like, you know, you have huge salad bars, you have huge uh, fruits, vegetables, things of that nature, as well as meat. Because there were other options for me, always readily available, I was easily influenced to just stay with the vegan lifestyle. But the hardest part, I think, would be your friends. You know, your friends, the community around you, the company you keep, you know, if they're in your face eating things that you really don't want to have, that kind of makes it difficult a little bit, you know. Were they supportive of it or did you get, I mean, were they doing the whole, do you even lift bro thing? (laughs) That's what I got, you know, how are you going to get big if you're, you know, not eating meat and, you know, um, I'm actually happy about that because it gave me the opportunity to answer that question with a little bit of intelligence versus just being offended and crawling into a hole you know so it gave me tough skin you have to have tough skin to live this lifestyle because it's not what normal people do so it's not a it's not the normal certainly not in in the environment that you exactly so how did you answer that that question of of... in the beginning i didn't Um, (laughs) but now i would tell people to try to educate themselves a little more on the number one question which i'm sure we'll get to later is protein Everybody just thinks I don't eat any protein. So I actually went and educated myself on what exactly is protein. How does the body assimilate protein and how does it use protein? And, um, you know, I started doing kind of experiments on myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a results-driven guy. So once I saw a certain result, I'm like, well, let's keep, let's stick with that. 
keep going. And um, I tell people that, you know, you don't need what someone else will tell you you need. Try something and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. And if it works, then keep going. If it doesn't, then don't. Because uh, one of the biggest misconceptions is that there's a one-size-fits-all plan for right. food. And I disagree with that. You know, I think there are certain staples that you might want to follow. But your life, what you do every day, is totally different from what I do every day. So we'll have two different dynamics going on. And you kind of want to find what works for you. you mm-hmm. It's very much a mindfulness approach to exactly. eating. Right? Exactly. Right. Um, individualized. So how do you address, personally address the, the protein? Me personally, I, in my research, I found that really protein is so simple. You know, protein is a carbohydrate with nitrogen put to it. That's it. So I try to eat, obviously I eat a lot of carbs, being a vegan, but I try to incorporate foods that are high in nitrogen. Not a lot, because that can be bad too, but broccoli, for instance, is very high in nitrogen. If I increase my broccoli intake, I get a lot of protein from that. Brussels sprouts, you know, high in nitrogen, beans, lentils. People don't even know that a cup of lentils may have more protein than that chicken breast that you're eating, depending on, you know, how it's uh, used. So I just think it's a misconception. When people hear vegan, they think no protein because you don't just have to get protein from an animal. And to me, that gets even deeper because I would argue that certain animal proteins aren't really good. You're taking on another animal's RNA, DNA, you know, so that can get weird with the effects of the body as well. So do you do anything as far as making sure that you get complete protein within a meal or are you at this point not concerned with that? I I really, I try to make it as simple as possible, Dave. You know, I I don't really, I know I've I've been the guy that followed the micros and macros and, you know, I had all the apps on my phone and I just found that to be a little overwhelming. I I don't think, I, I always go back to cavemen. I don't think they were sitting around, you know, with calculators, like how much, you know, I just eat and I use how I feel as the guy. So if I feel sluggish, I'll eat. And I also use what I can do as a guideline. So I knew when I turned vegan that I would lose a lot of weight. I knew that that would happen because I wasn't eating certain things. But I wanted to know what I lose strength. You know, Mm -hmm. would I still be able to do a Turkish get up with the same size kettlebell that I have? And I find that I've actually gotten stronger. I'm not weighed down by the uh, large meals that I was eating before. So it worked out. And you mentioned the, the cavemen. They certainly didn't, they ate meat, but they certainly didn't have easy access to meat. They right. were a lot more plant. They did a lot more gathering than right. hunting. Right, hunting, yeah. Because, you know, you're not just going to go to the store as a caveman right. and get a slab of bacon. So. <laughs> okay, so what's your position on soy? Or Do you eat a lot of soy? So it's changing. At first, no. I ate no soy when I first, you know, I tried veganism again. I didn't want to go to false meats. I felt like if I'm going to leave meat alone, I just leave meat alone. Like I don't want to eat soy-based meat product or something like that because it would just entice me to go back to meat. I did try, this is a life-changing experience, I tried a a restaurant, New Vegan, I think the name of it was, and they were able to cook foods that were everyday foods using soy-based products, and it was so good. I couldn't believe it. So I kind of lightened up on the soy a little bit. I will eat it. I try not to consume it every day, but I will. I will try some soy. And, and why do you try not to eat it every day? More than anything, like I said, I don't want to put, I don't want to start eating false meats out of fear that it might get hungry for regular meat. Right. That was the biggest thing. Second, 
I just find when I eat a lot of soy, I don't feel good. Okay. I can notice the difference in my body. I'm real in tune with that, you know, how I feel after I eat certain things. Even certain waters. You know, you can drink certain water, it kind of tastes metallic. So right. I pick up on that very quick. That's so great. Like, Whoa. <laughs> That's great. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, and, and soy is known and inflammatory in some people it affects right. some more. people, yeah. So as far as nutrients, we covered protein. Another nutrient that's essential, especially in, in for strength and energy mm-hmm. that you can only get from animal products is specifically B12. Mm-hmm. Do you do any supplementation on that? I don't. What I do, I, I've heard that argument a lot too. Um, I'm still doing a little research on that. A large amount of the vitamins and minerals that I get comes from one of the best plants that I think um, anyone could deal with or herbs, so to speak, which is sea moss. I don't know if you've ever heard of sea moss, also called Irish moss. And I want to say a hundred and, don't quote me on this, but 108 minerals the body needs. Irish moss has 96 of them. It's not the, you have to find ways to dress it up. It's very rough. I'm not sure what my B12 intake should be, but it doesn't really bother me too much. Again, I try to keep things simple as simple as possible now if i start to notice some deficiency somewhere and i do research and i'm like oh it's not enough b12 i may look at supplementation but i really don't even like supplements right. you know i don't like to take pills i i just find that we can get everything we need from our diet that's the way i approach it you know? okay yeah so. yeah and the thing about b12 it only comes from animals so right. if you're going to supplement it's either derivative of an animal right, product, which right, you're trying to avoid, right. or it's synthesized, and right. we don't know anything about exactly. that whole process right. and what it does to you. So uh, if you're feeling okay and you have the energy, then Keep more, power, yeah. more power <laughs> to you. Another one, which you, you can get from plants, but your body doesn't necessarily process the plant version so well as omega-3s. Mm-hmm. So how do you make sure you're getting sufficient omega-3s? It's an essential fat. Right. I was... Uh... Very big on that. I, I try to use a lot of oils that will help with a few of the uh, omega items. But I also understand that because I don't eat fish, certain things just won't come. What it's leading me to believe is that a lot of the things that we research and people say, well, you need this or you need that. I don't know how much I need the amount that they're telling me. I'm kind of in like the question everything mode. So people always, that's one of the biggest things. Like, oh, wait, you aren't even eating fish? How are you getting your omega fats? And I'm like, well, I don't eat fish, and I don't feel bad for not eating fish. Again, a lot of oils that I intake have these things in them, olive oil, canola oils. So I feel like with me eating those, I'm all right. It's enough for me to keep going. I have more energy probably than the biggest meat eater. So that, that would be my argument. Let's put both of us in the room and see... You know, I'll see who outperforms. So. But are are there any kind of seeds or anything? Hemp seeds. I mm-hmm. eat those in, you know, buns and things of that nature. Okay. But chia, chia. Right. So I try those a lot. Switching gears a, a little bit. Remy LeBeau, Gambit. <laughs> yes. Any relation? No, but that's where the name comes from, ironically. Okay. Um, Tell me about that. So I love music, you know. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be in this music group that was in my middle school called The X-Men ironically and everyone had a name from a character from the x-men and all the good ones were taken um even gambit that name but gambit was always my favorite x-men character and his real name's remy right right so i just said remy it kind of stuck you know okay (laughs) so 
I believe he's in the next X-Men movie, oh, or he's serious? even getting his own. And I, I heard forget. he was getting his own, but then that kind of got scrapped. Oh, okay, like, maybe that's yeah, it. But it I would f- be great to make one for him. That would- he's cool. I love him from the cartoon. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. He's one of my favorite. His silence and his mystique, you know, I think that's, right. that's great. Any particular foods that you miss? Ooh, good question. Uh, miss might be a, you know, misnomer. I don't miss steak, but I, I love steak. You know, that was um, that was a big one for me. Steak and potatoes any day would be great for me uh, back when I ate a lot of meat. But I don't miss it. I try not to think of it that way. I would suggest to anyone who's trying to go into that lifestyle, don't look at things that you would miss or things you can't have. Try to explore all the things you can have that you may not have ever even known about. So many foods I had never even tried. You know, beets, I never tried a beet in my life. But um, when I did, I was like, wow, this is great. I loved it. So not really foods that I miss. Foods that I did love that I don't eat would be steak. <laughs> okay, and being compliant with your vegan lifestyle, what's your favorite guilty pleasure? Ooh, that's a good question. Maybe sorbet probably that yeah I, I probably eat a little bit more of that than i should the fake ice cream so to speak with so much cane sugar being in it it's probably not the best thing for me but you only live once that i know of so you know i enjoy it okay and anything else that you'd like to oh, one last thing would be um another great tip is cheeses that was probably the hardest thing for me uh-huh. to stop eating cheese and reason being is after doing a lot of research I found that cheese actually has small doses of morphine in it. So when you think about uh, a mother who's breastfeeding her kid, the kid goes right to sleep after the breast milk, right? Like because of the small amount of morphine that knocks them out. And what really pushed me to get away from cheese and and eggs and things like that was uh, calf, baby calf. That's where that milk is supposed to go to, to that calf. And a baby calf is way bigger than a human. So the amount of morphine found in the milk and the cheese is a lot more. And this is why it's so hard for people to quit cheese. It totally made sense to me. Like, oh, I'm literally addicted to cheese. So if you are thinking about transitioning, I would really make cheese one of the last things that you, you know, say I'm done with because it'll probably be the hardest. Okay. Do you do anything to, to substitute that flavor? Like nutritional yeast has right. a cheese-like flavor? Yeah, I, I do use a few vegan cheeses, um, soy-based cheeses right. and things of that nature, just for the texture. And oftentimes, a lot of them taste just like a regular cheese, you know, so that might be the only thing. But when I started, I didn't, I wanted to quit cold turkey. Now, that fit my personality. You know, some people might need to ease into that transition. So, uh, And you know that recently I've been experimenting with bugs, with yes. insect eating. Yes. Do you think insect eating is supportive or against a vegan lifestyle? I personally wouldn't do it. I, I feel like it's an animal. But I'm also not as critical as the average vegan. So if someone is trying to make a transition, and I believe it was cricket protein you were right. using, if someone wants to include some cricket protein, better that than a steak. That's my take on it. So if you're using that as a way to move away from something else, then cool. And even if you aren't, cool, live your life. But for me, I, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> so crickets infest your house. What do you do? 
move. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much, Remy, for your time. You okay. and I are going to engage in a little experiment yes, uh, with some vegan-friendly foods. Yeah. How can people find out more about you? You can definitely find me on social media. Pretty much all my social media handles are RemrockFit, R-E-M-R-O-C-K-F-I-T. Feel free to shoot me an email, m2fitness at gmail.com. And uh, or catch me out at Fitness on the Run. You know, a mm-hmm. <laughs> great job. Okay, and I'll include uh, links on the show notes. Okay. And it's definitely worthwhile to check out to see Remy in action with kettlebells as well as his rapping style. Ah, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks again, Remy, and we'll move on to the kitchen now. Yes, sir. Remy and I are in the kitchen now, and we're going to sample some vegan products. And these are ones that, in a lot of ways, are meant to imitate products that meat eaters and non-vegans will eat. And for the fun of it, we're going to hearken back to episode two of the Foodcast, where I whined about a product from Pizzeria Uno called (laughs) the Whole Hog Burger, which is made with a whole pound of meat. Including hamburger, sausage, bacon, prosciutto, and pepperoni. Oh, wow. has a whole bunch of other stuff on it, too. Four different cheeses, and I think onion rings, and it comes with a side of fries. It's a calorie bomb. So we're not going to go whole hog. Uh, I appreciate that. We're going to go no hog, and we're not even going to get close to that size. Okay. But it just serves as a good model for what we're going to do. What I've got to put this together with is... Beyond Meat, Beyond Burger Patties, which look pretty much like raw hamburger meat. They do. And if you feel it, feels pretty much like raw hamburger meat. It does. <laughs> and so we're going to give that a try. And I'm starting to hear the, get the smell. The and, smell, yeah. And if anything's going to turn me vegan, that smell <laughs> might be it because it smells a little like dog food. So uh, we will see, I guess. So that's one ingredient. The next thing is something that's made out of jackfruit. Have you ever had jackfruit before? Jackfruit is native to Asia. Okay. And this is barbecue jackfruit and kind of looks like like barbecue. Barbecue. barbecue (laughs) Full barbecue, yeah. And the next ingredient is eggplant bacon. Eggplant bacon. Ever had eggplant bacon before? No, I have not. (laughs) So that's eggplant bacon. And it looks like sliced eggplant. It does. But dried to look like bacon. It actually does look like dried bacon, so to speak. (laughs) Right. And then the final ingredient is vegan egg. Okay. Which is egg made out of algae. Okay. And I'm going to blend it again before we're done. But uh, mm-hmm. it looks like scrambled eggs and it smells strong as sulfur. It definitely smells strong. <laughs> like an egg would, but maybe yes. a little stronger. Even stronger, right? And I didn't get any cheese. No worries. Vegan cheese. I got a bun, which we can choose to eat off of or not. But at least to assemble and make our creation look decent, we'll use that. And that's our ingredients. So I'm going to start cooking. There it is. And meanwhile, did you see this article? 
in the post this morning. Power is no problem for vegan. I know that's right. <laughs> so in the Washington Post this morning, there just happened to be an article about athletes who go vegan, and it supports everything that Remy was telling us. Yes, this is this is great. I love to see stuff like this. Um, it just kind of proves the naysayers wrong a little bit, you know? <laughs> so, um, getting out pots and pans and starting to cook. At this point, I'm going to... Let's cook up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna better pay attention. It's time to Chef Dave now. <laughs> For this to taste as good as possible. It definitely uh, is intriguing. I've never seen this. This is the eggplant bacon, which right. I have to admit, I already tried some. Did you like it? I did. It okay. tastes nothing like bacon. Right. <laughs> uh, it has that consistency. Right. But go ahead and try some. Okay. And, and you tell me what it tastes like. Hmm. It tastes nothing like bacon. It tastes like eggplant. Sweet. It's sweet it's eggplant, sweet. yeah. But it does have... I could see if you put that on a burger... How it could kind of mimic the texture of a right. certain stuff, like a, a hickory smoked bacon, you know, that sat out for a while. I could, I could get that feel, but it definitely doesn't taste like bacon. <laughs> now, to spare you the gory details of the cooking process, I'm going to fast forward and we'll cut back in should Remy and I start talking about something that might be of interest to you. Or if I screw up and it's an opportunity for you to laugh at me. But unfortunately for you, and lucky for Remy, I didn't screw up. I'm not a vegan. But I think that if I was to go vegan, I'd actually want to avoid products like this mm -hmm. that imitate meat. Because mm -hmm. to me, that's part of the whole... That's the, that's the point, right? Yeah. So what's your feeling on that? You talked a little at, bit... I look at it as a treat now. Certain restaurants that I, um, that I do visit that are vegan-friendly... I'll go there with the intent, like how we're eating this. I would probably eat this once a week. You know, just something, hey, I did a good job. <laughs> I got all my things accomplished this week. Let's have a vegan burger. But I've actually learned to fall more in love with veggies. I mean, people think, I'm last night for dinner, I had broccoli and garlic. That's it, That's you it. know? <laughs> I was so full, you know, and I love it, so. Yeah, it sounds delicious, actually. Yeah, you know, um, just simple things like that. But I do agree, I don't, I try not to uh, to eat too many false meat products or things like that. As we're cooking things, Remy and I noticed something about the burger we're using. Most veggie burgers feel they've accomplished their mission if the eater gets the tactile and mouth feel of eating a burger. The next level up is to actually try and taste like a burger. The Beyond Meat Beyond Burger that we're using takes it even one step further. They aim for the whole experience of cooking the burger to be more like cooking a beef patty. You can get your own sense of this by going to the show notes and looking at the video that was shot of the actual burger cooking. But just listen to the background as Remy and I continue to talk. Yeah, it is fat coming out of there. It's kind of cooking like a regular burger. Really. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Looks phenomenal. Smells good too. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. The thing I question most are these eggs. <laughs> the eggs. <laughs> this is a. They're made with algae. Algae egg. 
Oh, and here it is here, vegan egg. Yeah. So it comes in a little box. A box, like that, eggs. That <laughs> looks like an egg box, but all it is is powder. Oops. No, no problem. All oh. it is is this powder. So do you just you, add water? You just add water to okay. it, and that's it. But yeah, it comes in a little box, box like, like it had four <laughs> eggs in it. That's cool. Here's some eggplant bacon. And this one is the... Jackfruit barbecue, right? This is jackfruit fruit barbecue. Jackfruit barbecue. You might have to open up a store, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad because when we talked, you had said, you know, you think you've tried them all, and I think I may have stumped you then. Oh, yeah, you got me on the jackfruit and uh, definitely the eggplant bacon. I've never tried that. Nor have I ever tried the uh, eggs. So we, we have uh, three out of four here. Okay, the burger's browning up a little bit like a burger. Yeah, I'd say. I'm interested to see what it tastes like. <laughs> now, the interesting thing is it says with the burger to make sure it's 165 degrees in the middle. Wow. Which is what you'd want to do with regular, real meat, right. too. And there's nothing in here other than pea protein and soy, mostly. And they still want it at 160. Yeah. A lot of these processed vegan foods have a lot of ingredients in that. Are you sensitive to that at all? Do you look out for that? Or do you still just go, how you see how it makes you feel? I am, depending on what it is I'm eating. I try to look at the ingredients for everything I buy, you know, um, just to see if anything catches my eye. But I'm willing to try something once. If it doesn't have anything in it, then I'm like, no, that's a no-no. I'll try it just to see. And um, if it doesn't make me feel ill or bad or weak or, you know, I don't notice any inconsistency in how I'm operating, then I'll try it again. That's usually my, my test. And that's what I tell people. Use yourself as your own test. You know, try it. See if you like it. How it makes you feel. And if you don't like it, don't eat it again. It's such great advice. Yeah. And too much uh, advice people get for their diet comes from the outside in, right. as you were saying before. It's... This is how you should eat. Right. And right. this inside out way is the only sure way for That's success. It. That's it. Uh, and success, I define as both being healthful mm -hmm. and happy. I agree. I agree. I agree. Most definitely. Go ahead. You might lose weight if you go paleo right, or something right. like that. I've tried uh, them But all. you won't necessarily <laughs> be happy. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think you can maintain this lifestyle if you aren't happy. Right. I really yeah, think right. you will regret, you will regret it. You'll relapse. You'll go back to whatever it is you originally did. Say, hey, that's fun. So the other interesting thing I found about these burgers is I had to put no oil at all in the pan. Really? So Do they create their own? It looks like that's yeah. its own fat. So now I'm relooking at yeah. yeah. It's got oil in it. It's got okay. uh, yeah, expeller pressed canola oil, gotcha. which is the as opposed to industrial mm -hmm. created canola oil, mm -hmm. so that's good. And coconut oil. Here's an interesting fact though. I, I won't say the name of the restaurant, <laughs> but I went to a particular restaurant, uh, it's a burger spot. That's pretty much what they specialize in burgers. And they advertised a, a veggie burger. And I would say anyone who is entering the vegan lifestyle, be very careful when you eat out. 
and you know people say veggie burger you instantly think oh this is good for me and uh this particular burger was not uh vegan at all it had cheese in it animal products in it and yeah <laughs> so you know um that kind of weirded me out a little bit because that's how they market it you know so i think it's good that you're pointing out to look at the uh, ingredients on these things even if it says all over the product vegan the other instance of that is mcdonald's had to change its french fry recipe because it was actually cooked with beef tallow wow and vegetarians didn't know that wow i didn't know that yeah. either but wow. now they they've changed it i wish we had like smell o vision or something because it smells great you know okay here we go here comes the egg and it's very thick it's much thicker than an egg it's more like pancake batter yeah it really does look like pancake batter not an egg but it's not an egg <laughs> seaweed seaweed it's pond scum and i and you cook it like a scrambled egg so it it seems to be kind of coagulating like a yeah it, it has that egg feel yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get warm. So we are almost done here, Remy. Okay. We're almost ready to try this no hog burger. No hog. <laughs> Call it the Dave special here. Uh, <laughs> let's let's see what it tastes like. First. <laughs> and then Before attach we... a name on yeah. it. <laughs> In the meantime, why don't we test some jackfruit? Okay. Smells like the yes. sweet kind of barbecue. It really does. I spilled some egg on the stove, so I'll also be able to tell you if it sticks to a stove like a regular egg. <laughs> like this looks so much like meat. It's, it really does. It's it's, it's weird. String, you know, it has the stringiness and hmm, not such a meaty texture. I don't no, think. No, no, but it's not bad. It tastes like fruit, to be honest with you. With yeah, barbecue. It's a little sweet. <laughs> yeah, but that could be the barbecue sauce too. Mm -hmm. It's also got a nice little spice kick to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's pretty good, especially on something. Ready to try some egg? Give it a shot. Again, not an egg, but it does have the texture. It has the texture. You know, it's it actually, texture. I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. What I read said no good. it yeah. tastes like you're eating seaweed. And I, I, think it, I don't think it tastes it has like an seaweed. Egg yeah, it has an egg feel yeah. to it. Okay, so we are going to assemble... A no-hog burger. It's got Beyond Meat burger patty and jackfruit barbecue. And usually with on a burger, you don't have scrambled eggs. If you're going to have egg, it's going to be whole. Whole, oh, yeah. But do what we can do here. At this point, we assembled our burger. And between the patty and the barbecue and the egg and the eggplant bacon, don't forget the eggplant bacon, and the bun, we ended up with one big-ass burger. So we cut it in half, and that's where we pick things up. Oh, look at that. It's red inside the burger. It really is. Wow. Enjoy. Thank you again. I'm impressed. For my taste, a bit too much sweetness mm -hmm. between the jackfruit and the bacon. Mm -hmm. I'd buy this. It would trick anybody, I think, who, if you told someone this was a whole hog burger mm -hmm. instead of a no hog burger mm -hmm. they'd never know they never know the difference there you have it mm. we are enjoying our no hog burger with all vegan ingredients and it's and, delicious yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Good. but the burger is amazing uh-huh i agree
amazing in its meatiness. Okay, thank you, Remy, again. Thank you for having me. And so we bring episode 18 of the Foodcast to a conclusion. What did we learn? Well, I made a case that veganism is a moral choice, worthy of respect, despite it not having as clear a moral high ground as one would think. Some of us would still like to be part of that tribe, but other priorities create barriers. For me, it's about the best way to reach my health goals. I just don't know how to do that without resorting to overly processed, convenient vegan foods or spending my life in the kitchen. But Remy demonstrates that eliminating meat and being strong and robust isn't a contradiction in terms. We worked together and made a burger with a respectable 25 grams of protein. It didn't come close to the 120 grams of protein in a whole hog burger from Pizzeria Uno, but your body can't process that much protein in one meal. And our version had 12% of the calories and the same amount of fiber. Still, I look at the ingredients of our burger and it's a very highly processed meal. For now, I'll stay a meat eater on a continuing quest to eat less meat while making sure that the meat I eat is humanely raised and sustainable. I want to again thank Remy for taking the time to be with us. Please follow him on the social media outlet of your choice. I list them all in the show notes. Also, you can train with Remy at Fitness on the Run in beautiful Old Town Alexandria. If you want to support the Foodcast, please share, subscribe, and review. Before I leave you, one more thing. You know, it's a long way to July 4th. When it does come, not only will it be America's Independence Day, but it'll also be International Jackfruit Day. Yeah, I kid you not. The same jackfruit that was on our burger, a food you never heard of, has a day. Schlumpia is another food that many people haven't heard of yet, but its legion is growing. And this Jewish Filipino staple is as American as you can get. It deserves a day of its own. Please support our efforts to make May 24th National Schlumpia Day. It's easy to do. Just like the Make May 24th National Schlumpia Day Facebook group and invite your friends. Again, there's a link on the show notes. You'll never get spammed, but you will learn about the absurdity of National Food Days. Well, that's it. Until next time, remember what your old pal Dead Prez always says. Hey, that rhymes. Sweet 
Yeah, rise with the green hallelujah. Careful how you season and prepare your foods. Cause you don't wanna lose vitamins and minerals. And that's the jewel. Life brings life, it's valuable. So I eat what comes from the ground, it's natural. Let your food be your medicine. No accelerant, strictly herb generation the sun. Cause I got melanin and drink water. Eight glasses a day. Cause that's what they say They say you are what you eat So I strive to eat healthy My goal in life is not to be rich or wealthy Cause true wealth comes from good health and wise ways We got to start taking better care of ourselves They say you are what you eat So I strive to eat healthy My goal in life is not to be rich or wealthy Cause true wealth comes from good health